Thanks for watching NTD Business. Coming up. The collapse of crypto exchange FTX sending shockwaves across the entire crypto industry. CEOs now in damage control mode as officials investigate who's to blame. Tesla CEO Elon Musk says he's a wee bit busy right now. Just the mention of how busy he is sent Tesla's stock down today. So what's he been up to? And TikTok's ad revenue doubling compared to last year, that's despite lawmakers introducing legislation to ban the app in America. We have that and much more coming up on NTD Business. It's great to have you with us as always. Paul Graney here. The fall of crypto exchange FTX is sending shockwaves throughout the cryptocurrency industry. People are now withdrawing their money from exchanges like Binance and Crypto.com, their top exchanges, by the way. So the CEOs of both firms went online to try and persuade investors everything is A-OK. The CEO of Binance, Chang Peng Zhao, said withdrawals were in line with what typically happens during a regular crypto downturn. There have been quite a few. CEO of Crypto.com said his company's balance sheet was tremendously strong. Don't worry but at the same time acknowledge the impact of FTX's fall. Here he is. I can see a lot of anger, disappointment, and disbelief, and I completely understand where you guys are coming from. I am in shock myself that it uh, turned out to be this way. And um, I think everybody agrees that this sets back the industry a good couple of years in terms of our reputation, the, the, the efforts we put in, and trust was damaged if not lost another crypto exchange aax no relation it's pause withdrawals that means if you have money invested in that platform good luck getting it the company said ftx's fall has put immense pressure on exchanges everywhere which could mean people don't trust the exchanges anymore and want their money back but the exchange says all the money is still there don't worry and that the problem will be resolved in just a few days Let's see. CEO of Global Digital Asset and Cryptocurrency Association, Gabriella Coos, told us that FTX's fall has badly hurt the industry's reputation. One of our organization's main goals is precisely to build that credibility. I think it's important to recognize that there have always been firms that have been working to build with integrity and credibility in the digital asset space. And it's at times like these where someone like myself, who's worked very heavily around advancing the public interest and advancing a strong industry, um, it's hard. It's hard to watch those people that have built right and have been building the right way, compliantly, in a way that meets regulation, in a way that protects customers and market integrity. It's hard to watch this. She now wants the industry to come together and work out a set of core principles. FTX's fall was almost overnight. One moment, CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, a.k.a. SBF, he owned assets worth $16 billion. The next day, they were worth next to nothing. Bloomberg's called it one of the history's greatest ever destructions of wealth. Coinbase, online media company, published an article detailing some dodgy things that FTX was allegedly doing with its money, perhaps its users' money. When the news broke, investors started withdrawing their money en masse. 
Now, the SEC and the Manhattan District Attorney's Office are reportedly investigating whether FTX used its customers' money to fund risky bets. Even law enforcement in the Bahamas, where FTX's headquarters, is also reportedly conducting a criminal investigation. The CEO of NFT project Bad Astro Society, Charlton Haupt, says centralized crypto exchanges may need more regulation, he admits it. He supports cryptocurrency in general, but doesn't seem to have much trust in centralized exchanges like FTX. He says people should instead keep their money off the exchanges and in their own custody, minimizing risk. Here he is. So there's a saying in the cryptocurrency world that says, not your keys, not your coins. And so what that means is, is, is don't trust other entities with your coins being like a centralized exchange. And a lot of cryptocurrency folks will just go in, they'll, they'll make a purchase on the exchange and then pull their funds immediately off. Whereas the, your average person who doesn't really want to deal with the headache of having to move money onto their, you know, have self-custody, they'll just keep their money on the exchange. And so that's what's happened with FTX. Meanwhile, SBF recently cryptically tweeted the word what, then H-A-P-P-E. Seems he's trying to write what happened. Strange place Twitter will keep you updated. With us to shine a light on this Hollywood-style mystery is our man on the money, Lance Roberts. Lance, great to see you again. Nice to be here. Nice to see you too. So Lance, in the movie, is it going to call this a Ponzi scheme? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, unfortunate. You know, the whole idea of cryptocurrency and all this was kind of new and novel. And, and one thing we've been warning about for the last several years is, you know, novelty is great, but give it time. We've got to figure out what's going to happen, you know, with these exchanges, with these currencies, and what's going to be the end result of it. I think we're finding that out now. Mm. Who are the big losers here in the end, Lance? Yeah, unfortunately, the big losers are going to be the clients that um, had money on the exchange and ultimately are going to lose it all. So regulation has got, to, has got to happen ultimately. There's going to have to be oversight in terms of SEC regulations, et cetera. That's coming. And then, of course, ultimately it's finding somebody that's got a, you know, some kind of oversight on these individuals. Again, young individuals running these multi-billion dollar companies is, is great. It gets lots of notoriety. But at the end of the day, you need people with experience that have the ability to run these companies safely and effectively and oversee, particularly when you're talking about other people's money. This is the one thing about Fidelity, Schwab, these other big custodians. Not only do they oversee and custody these assets for individuals, they're also insured for hundreds of millions of dollars against exactly something like this happening. Because I think it's been incredible, as we, we, we know the crypto bros, they don't want regulation. A lot of them are, are very diehard. But even in this case, I believe we had some people who were working with FTX tweeting out at some point, you know, don't worry, everything is, is insured, FDIC insured. You don't have to worry. You don't need to take your money out of the accounts. It's all safe. And, and this is one of the things that I believe Gary Gensler and, and, and these people will, will definitely look at and see Will they be able to regulate it at this point or hold people to account since it isn't really regulated, Lance? Well, it's either going to be the SEC will regulate it. And yes, the SEC can regulate this ultimately. Um, you can pass, they'll pass laws, they'll pass restrictions. Look, after, you know, from 1920 to 1929, the stock market in the U.S. was not regulated. 
And that was when the banks were loaning money to individuals to buy the IPOs that the banks were issuing. After it all crashed and everybody lost all their money, the banks failed. Then we passed the SEC regulations. We actually founded the SEC, regulated the environment, created FDIC insurance, passed the Investment Act of 1940. You know, after Enron collapsed in 2000, we passed Sarbanes-Oxley. After we had the Bernie Madoff scam in 2008, we passed Dodd-Frank. So every time these things happen, we pass regulation to ensure that customers don't lose their money. So this is going to happen. This regulation will occur. Uh, the, the big end of this is whether or not we see SBF actually go to jail um, for some type of action. Because, again, you had his trading company using customer funds to do trading and very speculative assets, which is entirely uh, illegal in just about every country, country in the world. So we'll see how this works out, but it's not good. It's been incredible to watch what looks like a, a fall from grace. But Gary Gensler and the SEC, I believe it was just this year, they went after Kim Kardashian for promoting cryptocurrency. You think this right. distracted them a little bit, Lance? Sure. Yeah, look, you know, again, this is very new. And here, here's something else that will eventually happen. And because of this, this will accelerate the process, is that this is where central banks and other financial entities, banking, banking entities themselves, whether it's J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs or somebody, they're going to come in and they're going to take over this space and you'll have a currency that's issued. It's regulated. It's tracked. And this, you know, while a lot of the cryptocurrency crowd is like, you know, I love cryptocurrency because it's anonymous, et cetera. That's not, that was never going to be the end result of this. This is ultimately has to be, if we are going to use this as digital currency, it has to be tracked. You have to know where the money is. It's a matter of not only national security, but also economic security. And that's why you can't print dollars in your basement. That's, you know, that's, you know, counterfeiting is illegal. Um, you know, in an environment where you can just create a currency and, you know, or, or something like it and use it to make other actions, you know, that's just not something that is economically stable or sustainable. So this is just going to advance the process of the, the central banks coming in to start taking over the space. That's exactly what they were doing, printing their own cryptocurrency and using it as collateral. What, what, just, just incredible. <laughs> Lance Roberts, yeah. Chief Strategist with RIA Advisors. Lance, great to see you again. Thank you. Thanks. And down on Wall Street, U.S. stocks ended lower today. The Dow falling 211.6 tenths of a percent. S&P lost 36.9 tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq dropped 127 points, one and one tenth of a percent. And one wealthy person you won't see lounging on a beach anytime soon. It's not Sam Bankman-Fried, by the way. Well, you may not. Elon Musk, since acquiring Twitter. Anthony Sean Marshall is an update on how things are not easy right now in Musk's world. Elon Musk has a lot going on. How much? Too much, according to him. I have too much work on my plate, that is for sure. I mean, I'm really working at the absolute most amount that I can work from morning till night, seven days a week. Um, so this is not something I'd recommend, frankly. That was Musk speaking by video link to a business conference on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Bali. Musk's attempts to turn Twitter into a successful business is taking up the rest of his free time. He appears to be relentless in his recent firing of 4,000 of its 5,500 contract workers. That's on top of the 3,700 staff workers that were already let go earlier this month. Now Musk's advertising his own satellite internet company, Starlink, using his social media company. But why not? 
seems like a very convenient combination of businesses. In a Q&A about advertising and the future, Musk shared information on his strategy for Twitter. At a high level, tw Twitter needs to be uh, useful to um, advertisers in both the, the short term in, in driving demand and in the, in, in the long term, hence the brand safety. Uh, it, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's short term and long term demand is, is, is kind of what it comes down to. Um, so drive, drive sales in the short term and protect the, the demand in the long term. Twitter, which generated more than 90% of its second quarter revenue from ad sales, has seen advertisers flee on fears that Musk would change the company's content moderation rules. Companies including General Motors, General Mills, and Volkswagen paused advertising on the platform after Musk acquired it last month. He also raised the possibility of Twitter going bankrupt days before disclosing that the platform had seen a massive drop in revenue and blamed activist groups pressuring advertisers. Just to show the power of Musk's comments and actions, Tesla shares fell about 2% in pre-market trading after he made his too much work on his plate comment. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And Amazon founder Jeff Bezos plans to give away the majority of his fortune during his lifetime. Bezos says he wants to devote the bulk of his $124 billion net worth to fighting climate change and supporting people who can work to unify humanity. Here's what he told CNN in an interview released today. It's not easy. Um, you know, building Amazon was not easy. Um, it took a lot of hard work, a bunch of very smart teammates. And I'm finding, and I think Lauren's finding the same thing, that philanthropy is, is very similar. It's not easy. Uh, it's really hard. And there are a bunch of ways that you, I think, that you could do ineffective things, too. So we're building the capacity to be able to give away this money. This is the first time he announced plans to give away much of his wealth. Bezos has taken criticism in the past for not signing the giving pledge. That's the promise hundreds of the richest people in the world made to donate most of their wealth to charitable causes. He says legendary singer Dolly Parton stands out as a shining example of someone with the capacity to bring people together to help solve challenges. Parton is the most recent recipient of Bezos's Courage and Civility Award. That comes with a cool $100 million grant. Well done, Dolly. And Google has agreed to a settlement of nearly $400 million with 40 states. It's in connection with an investigation into how the company tracked users' locations. State Attorneys General made the announcement today calling it the largest multi-state privacy settlement in American history. The investigation found that Google continued to track people's location even after they opted out. Storing such data carries privacy risks. The Associated Press reported in 2018 the issue affected some 2 billion users of devices that run Google's Android system. Hundreds of millions of iPhone users who rely on Google for maps and searches were also impacted. The Attorney General said Google misled users about its location tracking practice since at least 2014, violating state consumer protection laws. And video sharing app TikTok is skyrocketing in popularity when its advertising revenue is beating out the likes of Twitter, Snapchat, and Reddit. The company's advertising earnings have more than doubled compared to last year. Anthony's Don Ma has more. TikTok is becoming an advertising powerhouse. The app's U.S. ad revenue this year will equal that of Snapchat, Twitter, and Reddit combined. 
TikTok's earnings will top $5 billion in 2022. That's a nearly 140% increase compared to last year, according to research company Insider Intelligence. And here's some perspective on just how successful advertising on the app can be. In October, luxury jewelry retailer Tiffany & Company posted an ad showing a social media personality trying on small trinkets at a Tiffany store. It's been watched more than 5 million times. The popularity of TikTok has skyrocketed in recent years. In particular, the app's popularity among young users is climbing. Nearly two out of every five U.S. teens say TikTok is their preferred social media platform. What are some reasons it's become so popular? Here's one TikToker's take. It is the only app that allows your content to go out to random people. So for example, if you take Facebook, if you take Twitter, if you take Instagram, when you post, the primary, primarily the people that see your posts are only your friends that you have. Whereas TikTok, the way they work is, if you make good content, it'll go out to a certain amount of people. If those people like it, they'll send it out to more people until it goes like viral. The app is actually twice as popular as Instagram. In 2015, Instagram was the king in teen social media usage, but now only one out of every five teens say they prefer Instagram. And one out of 50 teens say they prefer Facebook or Twitter. In 2024, TikTok is projected to earn almost $9 billion in ad revenue alone. However, TikTok's ad revenue growth comes amid data security Concerns. It is owned by a Chinese company that includes Chinese Communist Party members in leadership, and it is required under Chinese law to share user data with Beijing. And TikTok has admitted that it has sent user data to China. In fact, according to a witness at a recent Senate hearing, TikTok officials could be jailed if they don't share user data when requested by Beijing. Uh, TikTok executives will, under Chinese law, face a minimum of 20 days detention if they uh, refuse to turn over data on anyone in the world. And, and you know, this could be anybody, uh, anybody in China, anybody who's traveling through China, through Hong Kong. Um, this is a documented uh, uh, legal situation. The security concerns have some advertisers worried. A principal analyst at Insider Intelligence told the New York Times that growing anti-TikTok sentiment among media executives and renewed calls by government officials to ban the platform are causing some advertisers to be more cautious. Last week, Republican senators said that they'll introduce legislation to ban TikTok in the U.S. Don Ma, NTD News. President Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping had their first face-to-face -face meeting today as top leaders. Anthony's Iris Tao has more on what they discussed amid rising tensions between the two countries. On Monday, Biden and Xi met for nearly three hours to hash out some of the thorniest issues in their relationship. That includes Taiwan, China's human rights abuses, and an ongoing competition. Here's what Biden said about the two countries after the meeting. We're going to compete vigorously. But I'm not looking for conflict. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. And Biden notably said this about Taiwan. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And I uh, made it clear that our policy on Taiwan has not changed at all. While well, Biden said the U.S. is committed to promoting peace in the Taiwan Strait, the Chinese Communist Party's readout of the meeting said there could be no peace with an independent Taiwan. And here's China expert Gordon Chang on Biden's Taiwan remarks. 
President Biden was firm on his points. The, the point that was the most important was that the United States would oppose any unilateral move on the part of either side to change the status quo. And in practical terms, that means opposing a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. So that was good. But Chang also knows a caveat. If the Chinese don't believe President Biden's warnings on Ukraine, then they very well may not believe his warnings on Taiwan. Meanwhile, the two pledged to keep communication lines open, and the White House announced that Secretary of State Antony Blinken would travel to China to follow up on Monday's meeting. Reporting from the White House, Iris Tao, NTD News. We're going to take a quick break, but still to come. Oh, if you have any news, tips, or feedback for the show, you can always email us, business at ntd.com. Still to come. Prices soaring for Thanksgiving dinner. We have some tips to help you save money this holiday. And it's starting to look like Christmas in New York City. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree arrives. We have that and much more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Your Thanksgiving dinner this year be a little pricier. It's not just inflation forcing turkey prices to fly higher this year. In this story, we tell you what else is driving up costs and offer five tips to help you manage to have a more affordable meal. Soaring food prices at the grocery store, extreme weather conditions, and now the highly contagious avian flu impacting what's available and for how much at turkey farms. Our world is changing. There's a lot of supply chain issues. There's a lot of new diseases. It's all driving up the price of your favorite Thanksgiving dishes. According to market research firm IRI, your meal this 2022 is predicted to cost about 13.5% more compared to last year. From the turkey, stuffing, and even the pie on your holiday table. The price of turkey is up about 40 cents a pound year over year, which is significant if you're buying a big bird for a big family. Hermoney.com CEO Jean Chatsky says there are some easy ways to save money this year. First, she says don't skip the turkey. Saying one bird can feed you for a week. You make a turkey pot pie for the second night. You make turkey sandwiches for lunch. Chatsky also has these five recommendations. One, buy frozen over fresh since items are often cheaper and you can save for later. Two, look for swamps, like buying canned items instead of making them fresh from scratch. Three, shop around. Don't be too loyal to one store and go where the deals are. Four, save on alcohol by stretching it out and serving spritzers and punch instead. And finally, don't be a hero. Assign side dishes for others to bring. Assign the drinks, assign the desserts, and it cost each individual person a lot less and didn't bust the budget for anybody. And if you're looking for something a little out of the ordinary this Thanksgiving, you can now buy seltzer water that tastes like green bean casserole. Aurora Boar is introducing the new sparkling water flavor just in time for the holidays. Woohoo! 
company says the seltzer has, quote, a sweet, earthy, and buttery flavors like taking a bite out of a perfectly crunchy, succulent green bean. Green bean casserole water will be available through Aurora Bora's secret menu newsletter feature. Other flavors that could be included with Thanksgiving include honey pumpkin and chai cranberry. Sounds a little better. And in New York City, an iconic sign of the holiday season, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree has arrived in New York City. Went up in Midtown, Ma Midtown Manhattan Saturday where a crowd watched and cheered as it was lifted into place. The massive Christmas tree weighs 14 tons, is 82 feet tall, its lower branches extend 50 feet in diameter, and it's no small feat to find such a huge tree. In fact, the Norway spruce is approximately 90 years old. It comes from 200 miles away in Queensbury, New York, and was cut down last Thursday. Now New Yorkers look forward to seeing the tree lit up, but they'll have to wait until November 30th. It takes 50,000 multicolored lights to decorate and a 900-pound star to top it off. After the holidays, the tree will be milled into lumber and donated to Habitat for Humanity. As the latest to the NTD business team and myself, Paul Graney. You can follow me on Twitter, though. A lot happening there, it seems. If you have any news, tips, or feedback for the show, please email us, business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.